0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. Alright, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 88, and it is called How to Deal with Painful Sex. This is going to be an interesting topic. Uh, you know, what's what, the first thing I find interesting about it is that it's been on our list to talk about for a long mm-hmm. time. And I think it came from either a listener or a client. I, I don't remember yeah, exactly. So we, we
1: actually had somebody writing in and saying, hey, I know you've dealt around some of that, but I really want to have like more solution. How do you deal with painful sex, painful intercourse and all of that? So,
0: Yeah, and for some reason, we just haven't gotten around to doing it until today. Yeah. And here's another thing that I find very interesting about this topic, is that really, when I, in the past, thought about painful sex, I always assumed that it was painful for the woman. Mm. Because I never really experienced painful sex, per se, as a man. And it wasn't until really researching and diving into this topic that I realized there is a long list of potential things that could cause men to experience pain. So it's not just women, but we're going to cover both, what it's like for men, what it's like for women, and we've got a lot to cover, so we're, I think, just going to jump right in.
1: Yeah, and we're going to give you also some solutions, some ways to deal with it and taking the first step because... Pain is never fun unless it's something that is uh, consensual and that you're asking for. Um, and there's a lot of like, it, it can bring down your self-esteem, right? And, and make it really difficult that maybe there's something wrong with you, something wrong with your relationship. And... It's not really all that there is, so we're going to talk about all of this as well. But before we get started, let's give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Power & Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then go to powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Um, you can find it at powerandmastery.com. It will help you to increase your sexual skills, to last longer, and have harder erections.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think maybe the best place to start with this is to give a few stats that I found about painful sex, because like I said, as a guy, I've never really experienced that. I mean, yes and no. We could talk more about that later, but I was kind of surprised. So uh, the Journal of Sexual Medicine found that 30% of women admitted to pain during vaginal intercourse. Well, that's a a third, basically, Mm -hmm. a third of the women having sex experience painful sex Uh, pain during vaginal intercourse. 72% acknowledge pain with anal sex. That's not as surprising. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it has
1: more to do with a lack of relaxation and lubrication
0: than anything else. That's that's a whole other thing. (laughs) 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 And then among men, only 7% and 15% respectively. Um, I'm not so surprised about that because the studies kind of showed that men just don't really report it. You know, this is very typical men just like kind of bottle it all up inside. So I, I would assume that more men actually experience it when especially given the list of potential causes, I think it's probably a lot more than 7%.
1: Well, I get I get a fair, fair amount of men who reach out um, clients who experience pain or another discomfort with their penis and stuff. So it is definitely I feel like it's more than that seven person that you're talking about. Uh, but I think also that the last point that you were going to share, um, that one of the research at the Indiana University, they found that a large proportions of Americans do not tell their partners when sex hurts.
0: Yeah, well, that was the other piece. And so when Mm -hmm. they're doing a survey, they might write on the survey, yes, I experience it. Mm -hmm. But another key part is... Even though they're telling the researchers, they are likely not telling their partners.
1: Yeah, it's it's such a a complicated thing to approach because from the point of view of the woman, you might be like, well, I don't want to tell him that I'm hurting because then he's going to think he's doing a bad job or that I'm not attracted towards him. Um, And then he might pull away and I don't want to hurt his feelings. From the perspective of the guy, it could be like, I don't really want to tell her that I have pain because, well, then maybe she won't see me as a strong man anymore. She might not be attracted or she may not want to have sex with me or like there's a lot of things there that come into place. And then there's also the fear of what if there's something wrong with me? I've got testicular cancer or whatever, you know, crazy monkey mind thing you're getting stuck into. Um, So what I want to say, a big disclaimer before we dive into the different things too, is when in doubt, seek some professional help. If you've got pain that you don't know what it is, don't self-diagnose just by Googling. It's not going to give you peace of mind. Seek out a professional who can help you with diagnosing, and then you can calm down your mind that you're not having to go through this down spiral, and you can take the um, necessary steps to bring you back into balance and so whatever you need to do to bring yourself back to a place of calm and and peace
0: yeah thats that's a good point. you know, i've I've witnessed quite a few people who the second they have a pain or an ache or something going on, they go, Oh my God, it could be this. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, it could be that. You know, I knew somebody <laughs> who had the same thing. It's like, no, 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 just stop all that. That's just craziness of the mind. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> let's dive into uh, the men first, okay? and and because I think I think we can move through some of the men's stuff a little faster, potentially.
1: Well, and we're just going to start somewhere, right? Well, that's true. So one of the first thing that has come for men where there's some pain is when you have Peyronie's disease. So uh, if you're not familiar with the name, it's uh, basically the fancy name to talk about the curvature in the penis. And it's a pretty common cause of penile pain. And um, even having that pain could be a sign of like an early sign of the condition, now, don't go all crazy about that, um, but um around this, some of the things that I've been doing in the research too, um, around Peronis disease, because I've had a couple clients that I had to deal with, is that um, it could also have like underlying bigger health issues too. So, you know, we're looking at this through the lens of here, here's the symptom, but it's not always the cause. And I think that this is a big disclaimer that I also want to share for people to remember that we never want to just treat the one symptom, because it's only going to be a band-aid solution, we actually want to go to the root, to the cause, because then if we change that underlying problem, it's not going to show up anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the big problem with Western medicine is they only treat symptoms and Mm -hmm. they don't really get to root causes. But, you know, a couple things I want to say about Peroni's disease. First of all, is if your penis has a curve, it does not mean you have Peronis disease. (laughs) Let's just say that. Like penises curve up, down, left, right <laughs> is not necessarily a problem. Uh, it can, however, be Peyronie's disease, and there's there's some causes for it, and there's a, a like a uh, I think it's a calcification or hardening mm-hmm. that can cause it to go, and, and that's where it can start to get painful. So if you have a little curve to your penis and it doesn't hurt, then you're fine, <laughs> most likely. So don't, don't get too carried away with that. But Peroni's disease could be potentially something causing pain. And there are some ways to deal with that. You can uh, work through massage to try to break up the yeah, calcification, so, improve blood flow.
1: Absolutely. Using castor oil, working because it's going to break down the scar tissues because mm-hmm. really what it's- starts to happen is there's this calcification and then there's scar tissues and that what hardens and becomes painful. So actually doing daily, daily, it's not like a once in a blue moon, like it's a, it's a, it's something, it's a lifestyle change of like changing this and doing like massaging and, and I'm not talking about masturbation but like just really applying different moves on it to stretch things can really help. And by the way, you don't get Peyronie's disease because you masturbated too much with your right hand or left hand.
0: <laughs> no. No, no. That's, that's the kind of stuff that children tell each other.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay. So, yeah, let's move on because we've got a, a bunch of other things yes. on the list here.
1: Yes. All right. Go ahead, Kevin.
0: All right. So, So the next one is a swelling of the head of the penis, which can be called uh, balanitis, I think is how you Mm -hmm. pronounce it. Medical terms are always so funny. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing them correctly. But anyway, it's basically uh, an infection or allergy of the skin. So some sort of irritation of the skin of the penis. Um, This can happen. It's actually a little bit more common in those who are uncircumcised. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And here's the thing. All right. I don't want to get into a whole debate about circumcision or not, but there really actually isn't any real reason to circumcise unless you've had an actual diagnosed medical condition. There's nothing wrong with having an uncircumcised penis. All you have to do is just a little bit of care. Like when you're in the shower, just pull the skin back and wash. That's really all you have to do. Mm -hmm. So, But if you don't, if you're not maintaining good hygiene, then you could potentially get an irritation or some sort of an infection which uh, could be causing pain.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, anything like this is due to viral bacterial infections, you know. uh, Fungal apparently is a big one. And then fungal can happen too. Yeah, exactly. So these again are like, the deeper thing underneath the pain. Um, I want to talk about the pain that some men experience when they ejaculate. So it's very interesting because I've had several men that that worked with me and were like, it really hurts to ejaculate. And w- one of the things is that often it's a sign of prostatitis, which is uh, another name for the inflammation of the prostate. And what I've found is that men who experience pain, and usually the pain is more around the perineum, that they feel that pain around the ejaculation. Um, and what I've done in the past that has worked really well is to do regular prostate massages and, uh, teaching the man to start to learn how to really relax their pelvic floor muscles as well. Um, and then, you know, using some natural things uh, like, um, like the, the pro butter, which is made with like pumpkin seeds and, um, different other ingredients. And I'll put the link for that. I have an article that I wrote on this. I'll put a link to this one in the comments of the, of the show so you can find it. Um, but like using those natural ways, um, really helped. And so I've had, um, okay, quickly on top of my head, I've worked with four different men who had this type of pain through, uh, doing the, um, the de-armoring, the massaging of the genitals and the prostate that it disappeared within a few weeks. And so that's also always good to know and double check. All right. Another problem that can come up is having, um, And and I'm doing this one and because I know you want to get to our number, uh, our number six or whatever that is later, Kevin. So I'm going to give you which one. (laughs) Number
0: number 11, actually. Which is why we need to go a little faster. (laughs) So
1: um, something too has to do with the foreskin, with the foreskin being too tight and all of that. So that can create pain as well. There is a way to slowly relearn to stretch out if there's no infection. Again, if there's no infection to like learn to get to Stretch out the foreskin because you should be able to be able to pull it and have a decent amount of the head of the penis exposed. And when some men don't use it, don't do the proper care, washing and stuff, it becomes stuck, and then that could lead to having to be circumcised later. Um, but anyway, this when the foreskin's too tight is called phimosis, um, and you know it's more common in in babies and children. Another thing too that can cause pain are anything around STIs, STDs, right? And this again, if you have an itch or a redness or, or
0: a burning or a
1: burning or something it's that smells different, is a
0: good sen- a good sign.
1: Go check it out. Like, don't stay with it, right? And yeah. Well,
0: the, uh, so the 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 basic piece of advice is pain is not normal, right? Pain is yes. telling you that something is wrong, and so you should be looking into that. Mm-hmm. So. In most cases, if you've never had pain before and you suddenly are experiencing pain, the first thing you should be thinking about, especially if you've had a lot of sex with a bunch of different people, potentially unprotected or totally new people... It's STIs, STDs.
1: Yes. And also don't freak out because mm. we can cure these and heal them, you know, like you don't really die from those things anymore. Even with AIDS, um, unless you're really having a very challenged immune system, um, people are now having really, like they can live with even those most dangerous conditions. So uh, catch it early, do the right things and be smart with your dick and your brain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Always wise to be smart with your dick. <laughs>
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, also there are a few things that can happen, um, with like physiologically speaking, if you have a tight frenulum, so it's that little like, um, just underneath the head, that little piece of skin, right? That little, you see a little mm-hmm. line and you know, that could be painful, painful with erection. So if it's too short, you know, and that again is something that doctor could help you with that and, and, and see if, uh, uh you can still retract your foreskin. This is really again more if you're uncircumcised. I want to go quickly through like skin condition, like ps- psoriasis, eczema. And by the way, I've got a lot of clients too that have like, um, oh, is it called vitiligo, right? The condition where you become, the skin is like white. Uh, there's a discoloration, you lose the melatonin in your skin and the coloration is different. There's no pain with that. It just looks different, you know? So a lot of things that can happen to us, just like our human bodies have a lot of things that can happen to, to them. You could also be like allergic to condoms, allergic to the lube you're using, you know? Um, you could do, oh, that's a big one too, if you have like, uh, if you cycle a lot um, or if you do martial arts and get kicked in the balls a lot. Yeah, and I, I think you should talk about that because you did both of them. So
0: Absolutely. And <laughs> I have been kicked in the balls. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought that was interesting when researching this, that that actually came up as a pretty big source of pain for men.
1: Oh, yeah, it is.
0: And, but I can tell you this, I was a huge, like hardcore cyclist Mm -hmm. for many, many years. And and I still am, but not as I mean, I used to ride, I would say, three, four times a week, Mm -hmm. like miles and miles and miles on a bike seat. And I never actually had any problems with that, but I can see how it is. And I can tell you in the cycling world, it's usually due to either having the wrong kind of seat for you Mm -hmm. or having your seat adjusted incorrectly. Mm. I'm not going to go into a whole thing on how to adjust your bike seat, (laughs) but because there actually is a certain way to do it that pretty much eliminates the problem.
1: Maybe one day we should do a YouTube video on that one,
0: <laughs> on <laughs> yeah, a channel, you we, know? <laughs> we could. We, we, absolutely, we could. But the other thing is too, is that seat manufacturers over the years uh, started to get hip to this and started designing seats that will reduce the pressure. So, but it is definitely a possibility. I mean, the martial arts one is pretty obvious, just, you know, If you're engaging in the type of martial arts where you might actually have contact to the genital region, wear a cup. I mean, I studied Muay Thai for years and we always wore a cup, not just a cup, a literal steel cup. Mm -hmm. Not not like your plastic one that most sports people wear. Mm -hmm. It was made out of steel because when somebody's thrusting their knee at you full speed and they accidentally hit you, you're going to need something solid. (laughs) And I can tell you, it still hurts a lot, a lot.
1: But that thing is hard when you train and then I come and hug you and I'm like, oh, you're so happy to see me. I've never seen your boner <laughs> that hard. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's why it's different. You <laughs> okay. Know, so. Yes. Oh. I was
0: <laughs> I was gonna move on to the next one unless you have something you want to
1: No, have. I think we should move on because I don't know which one you want to talk about.
0: Well, so we finally uh, number ten on the list is actually one I've experienced.
1: Too much sex. Too much sex. You had, you had, you had, well, <laughs> we did have pain at the beginning of our relationship because both of us are not very our,
0: our pubic bones well, yes. after after hitting each other.
1: Yes. But we've gotten used so to it. Many,
0: so many times. Yeah, yeah. We built up an immunity to that.
1: <laughs> so don't worry. Keep, keep at it, you know, uh, and you will build resiliency. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. And, you know, the simple solution to that is just slow down, maybe be a little bit more gentle if you have to, take a rest day in between, you know, <laughs> so, something like that. Okay. Number 11 on the list. I know every man listening has been waiting for this one. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> Blue balls. Blue
1: balls, you say? Blue balls. Blue balls. (laughs) But what are blue balls, Kevin?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. I personally, all right, before I say this, I will tell you that I have experienced symptoms like blue balls when I was younger. But I will also tell you that I have personally been of the opinion for many, many years now that blue balls do not exist. And for all you guys out there who are going bullshit because I just had it last night, wait until we read some of this stuff for you. <laughs> all
1: right. So blue balls is a slang term for epididymal hypertension. Ooh, fancy name, right? Oh, yeah. Basically, it refers to aching or painful testicles, which some people may experience after sexual arousal that does not result in orgasm. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Interesting. See,
0: right away we know something's fishy here. hmm <laughs> As the Tantra practitioners, we are.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, the symptom occurs because his blood uh, builds up in the testicles during arousal, causing them to ache if the person remains aroused for too long. Although blue balls may be uncomfortable, it does not usually last long. I had heard that I think when people take Viagra, or Cialis, any of these pills that if you have an erection that lasts for over four hours, meaning that it doesn't come down because there's a valve in the penis that opens up a little bit and that lets the blood flow come out. uh, If it's like really keeping it in, that's when it starts to become like dangerous. But I don't think anyone has had a boner that they didn't go down for four hours. That's actually
0: a different condition. That's priapism. That's true. And and that's an issue too in emergency medicine because I used to work as an EMT. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people experience traumatic like injury, they get these persistent erections and that's something that you actually have to watch for because mm-hmm. if it takes a long time to extract them from a car or <laughs> seriously, this, this is no joke. It, it could take an hour to get somebody out of a car with the jaws of life by the time they get into the ambulance, they get to the hospital. It's, this could have been a problem that could cause long-term damage. So, um, But that's a completely different condition yeah. than blue balls. Now, here's the thing. Um, when researching this, I found it basically impossible to find any real medical information all you will find is that they've given it a term which is the term that you read mm-hmm. already so so they've defined a term for it and they say that well there's anecdotal evidence of it but there's no actual studies there's nothing in the medical literature that describes an actual condition where your balls turn blue
1: No, so it could be a faint blue, but... Here's really what's happening is that th- there's been a buildup of fear around that and that guys use that as an excuse to make sure that their partner make them come or if they start having sex that they must ejaculate. So number one, I want to say it's not your partner's responsibility to make you ejaculate. If you feel like you need to ejaculate, ejaculate. Number two, you don't have to ejaculate every single time you have sex and you can learn to separate your orgasms and ejaculation.
0: Okay. We're going we're to get to that in a minute because I have a big thing to say about that. Um, interestingly enough, I was—I found a Men's Health article. They're not the uh, end-all, be-all of scientific stuff, as we all know, but but they were researching this as well. And the only thing they could come up with was an article written in 2000 in the Journal of Pediatrics that detailed a 14-year-old boy who ended up in the ER with severe scrotal pain after messing around with his girlfriend. However, the scientists admitted they, were, they weren't quite sure what was responsible for causing the pain. And that's because after reviewing the available literature in emergency medicine, urology textbooks, and medical libraries, the scientists were unable to find any mention of or official medical term for blue
1: balls. <laughs> Fascinating. So I'm curious about your theory behind the blue balls then, Kevin.
0: All right. I will tell you what my theory is. So I, I sort of made a joke at the beginning of this about, you know, being into Tantra. And and yet we are, and we have studied it. I've studied it extensively. I got trained officially in Tantra and all that stuff. It's not something that we talk about all that much here. One of the things that we learn in Tantra is how to move energy. We also learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation, which is something that we talk about here on the show all the time. When you do that, when you learn to separate orgasm from ejaculation, you tend to not ejaculate very frequently. So, for instance, I mean once, twice a month maybe and we have sex two, three times a week at least.
1: Well, we have the reports of that when we had the 30-day uh, sex challenge and the 30-day blowjob challenge, we kept track of how many times you ejaculated and it was only like three times, I think.
0: Yeah, it was it was three times over 30 days and that was actually a lot for me in mm-hmm. a given month and it was only because we were having sex every single day mm-hmm. and I was like super juiced up with energy and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, yeah, you know. So here's what I think happens. Well, first of all, let me just say that because of that experience that I have, I know that you do not have to ejaculate every time that you get aroused. Like, mm-hmm. You just don't, right? And there's not going to be any pain. I don't experience any pain. And I know lots of other people who do this. I'm not some magic person who, you know, was bestowed from the gods this talent or anything like that. Tons of people know how to do this. Um, and we teach people how to do it in our online courses. I experience zero pain, but as I said before, I I have experienced uh, the symptoms of this when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think happens. I'm going to get a little woo woo on y'all now for mm-hmm. a moment, but energy, sexual energy, we learn to move it through our bodies. Mm-hmm. If we don't move it through our bodies, it gets stuck where it gets generated, which, you know, in the, in the, uh, system of chakras, we would say the first and second chakra, depending on which chakra system you study. Some say your sexual center is in the first. Some say it's in the second. It's really kind of both. Um, If you haven't learned to move the energy out of that region and it gets stuck in there, and this could be massive amounts of powerful energy, Mm -hmm. you could experience that sensation. And so, to me, that matches up very closely with like the 14-year-old boy, right? 14-year-old boys have no idea how to control their energy. It's like, ooh, the first time they are messing around with a girl, right? And they're so excited, but they don't know how to move it. They don't know what to do with it. And then if they don't ejaculate, and this is why you mostly hear young people mm-hmm. say they got blue balls because their girlfriend didn't finish them. Mm. That's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Learn how to use your energy. Learn how to move your energy. Circulate it through your body. And if you're actually having sex, learn how to circulate it through both of your Mm -hmm. bodies. And then you will never experience blue balls again.
1: And it's super easy to learn. You we teach you that through our courses Sexual Mastery that you can find at powerandmastery.com. And uh we work with people one-on-one too, and we've taught hundreds hundreds and hundreds of men now how to do that. So it's easy um and and, and you can learn it. Now, okay. I'm, I'm trying to look at time because I want to give the women listening oh, also a lot of like information. Before we move into how to deal with women and painful sex, um, I want to give another uh, shout out to our sponsor uh, for Relationship Synergy, which is basically our program, but hey, whatever. So we have a question for you. If you are longing for more connection, deeper intimacy and red hot passion in your relationship and you're a committed couple who loves each other but has lost the spark and has fallen into a boring routine, we have a special invite for you. Or if you think that you have to deal with blue balls and, and painful sex, that's for you as well, by the way. We've created a Relationship Synergy. It's a cutting edge, next level intimacy program for the modern couple to help you fire up your love life. So if you give us 90 days we will help you transform your love life forever you can find more about relationship synergy at com forward slash synergy yes all right so i have a lot to talk about i'm gonna see how i can do that um oh, yeah with women and pain around sex so number one thing that i've done here is i have put it into different levels. If you experience what I call low to mild pain, and that's something that I'm familiar with that I had happened before uh, with previous partners, um, which means that you've got pain for the first few minutes of intercourse, you know, that first insertion, you're like, oh, that really didn't feel good. And there's a lot like, uh, and then it becomes, you know, it subsides just after a few minutes. Um, or you have maybe little to no lubrication. That's one thing that you could be experiencing. And there is no uh, shame about that, by the way. I mean, I was very embarrassed because I was very young. I was in my early 30s and even in my 20s. And I was thinking, hey, I'm I'm juicy, I'm sexual, I'm turned on, I love my partner, but like, why is this happening this way? What's wrong with me? Um, and so then I had to just be okay with the fact that that's how I was. I thought that's how I was, period, until I met Kevin. And so ooh, da, 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 da. Da,
0: da, da, da. And
1: so one thing that I want to say is like, well, you know, I married you. It's like, you're the perfect man for me. And my pussy knows it. And the other ones weren't. And I can see in, in retrospect that there were a lot of things that were in the way and that my pussy was pretty much like, Hey, I'm not warmed up. I'm not turned on or I'm not ready. And it was kind of being like, this is why there's pain. This is why there's no lubrication. So, if you're in that mild to, um, low to mild area with, with, um, painful intercourse, here are some of the things that I could say you, you need to do, like increasing the foreplay and, um, also increasing the amount of romance, like the way of speaking your love language, right? Because then you want to feel that juice, that connection. Remember, we always talk about the constant state of arousal. You want to create that in your relationship. You want to add lube because there's no shame in, in adding lube to make things slippery. I mean, you don't want to have pain. You want to make it like really good. Of course, you want to look if there's any like reactions to a particular lube or condoms because that could also be the case. And so you need to rule that out. And then you want to take things slow and speak up and say, I need more time. I need to slow down or I want to breathe together or I want like more oral sex or whatever that looks like. Connect deeply with your partner partner, there's probably a part of you that wants to have a deeper connection and intimacy that's not genetically based, that's more heart-based. And maybe it needs that. Maybe your heart is not fully open yet, is not feeling fully connected and safe. And your pussy knows that because first your heart has to open up before your pussy can get there. So look at the ways of like opening up your heart. And... I'm going to say, like, listen to your body's message. Are you truly turned on and attracted to your partner? Like, don't force something that's not happening, that you're not wanting. And also, explore pleasure without the freaking penetration. It's not all about the penetration. There are a lot. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) Who knew? There's so many other things you can do and like explore these other ways. And it's like, we're so like indoctrinated to think it has to be penis inside vagina. That's not the only way to express your love. I mean, yeah, that's how you want to make babies. But if that's not your goal, there's other things you can do that are equally satisfying that could prepare you, arouse you, open up your body. And then if. At that point, you want penetration. You can add it, but you don't always need penetration. One of the biggest mistakes that people do is that they stop being intimate and touching because there's pain, and then that means you get nothing. Increase the touch. Increase the the the, the level of like just being turned on and sensual. That does not include the genitals.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'm curious, Given like, do you have any tips for our male listeners about dealing with a woman who tells you, slow down or it hurts? Because I'm sure that as a guy, you never want to hear like, oh, that hurt when you penetrate us, right? Oh, yeah,
0: I absolutely have uh, some advice for men who are dealing with women who are saying it hurts. Pay attention. (laughs) Pay attention. If she tells you that it hurts and she needs you to slow down, slow down. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she's not going to want to have sex with you anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. She's just going to, she's not going to want it. So if she's having pain and she's telling you what she needs, just listen to her mm-hmm. and give her what she needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fun to be creative, right? And and maybe like, like you said about that listening part, like what does she need? What does she want? And how can you still play sensually or sexually, um, but like without the pain?
0: Yeah, you know, I would also say to the man, like, don't take it personally, mm. right? Just don't take it personally and just listen to what she says. Don't get upset about it or take it personally. And then just find ways to still connect, just like you were saying, find other ways to connect. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, both of you can take time to research and figure out what's going on. And we gave you tons of reasons so far that could potentially cause it and just work together to try to solve it.
1: And uh, work with other people who can help you work with us through relationship synergy, because oftentimes there's an underlying cause. The symptom is a dry vagina, or painful vagina. The cause could be a disconnect in the relationship, could be resentment, could be a lack of communication. Once you start to open up the floodgates of communication and connection, everything starts to open up. And not everybody is a sexual match. I mean, maybe depending on where you are in your relationship, I mean, maybe you're just starting a relationship. So might not be worth continuing it. If you've been married and then stuff and you're like involved in a committed relationship, it's worth doing the work. But know that some people will turn you on more than others. And then maybe if you're not turned on by your partner, what do you need to do? Is this like maybe losing 20 pounds and getting a little healthier and taking a better care of yourself and grooming yourself and, you know, doing the things you did when you were dating? It's <laughs> because you're not in a committed relationship does not mean you should stop being attractive.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Yes. So think about those things. Um, of course, just like we've a man counterpart, STIs and STDs, like we're not ruling them out. So of course, if you got yeast infection or burns or weird discharge and cottage cheese and green things coming out of your vagina, go see a gynecologist and do something about it. Now remember around about yeast infections. Um, it's very annoying. It's very itchy, but the, the, the cause, the, the symptom is in your vagina. The cause is in your guts. It's all because of the gut flora that's not balanced and actually taking better care of your gut and rebalancing, re your flora and doing all of this will work better than trying to like locally uh, deal with it inside the vagina. So that's how I totally cured and healed. Uh, I wouldn't say I had chronic but I had quite a bit actually, so close to chronic yeast infections, until I understood that it came from my guts and started to really actively do probiotics. And I did colon therapy. I mean, I did a lot of different things around that. That's when it stabilized. And then it's been years, years since I've had one, like over four years now. So it's really good.
0: So, you know, a couple of things is, you know, because a woman's genitals are mostly internal, Mm -hmm. it's harder to see the signs, Mm -hmm. right? So pay more attention to to the signs that you do have, whether it's discharge or even some swelling on the outside, that sort of thing. And then the other thing is to, yeah, I mean, you you really, the traditional approach to treating a lot of those things is just put a cream on it, Mm -hmm. put a suppository in there, you know, do something like that. But actually you need to address the root cause, which in this particular case, like you said, is often from your gut. So just know there's more to it than what they'd necessarily tell you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. So I want to move to more of a severe pain because it does, um, a lot of women do experience that. And so there's a few different things. And I'm going to go quickly around like the names and stuff, uh, because it's more important to me to share what you can do than anything else. Um, but let's just talk about names here. Things like vulvodynia, which is like when you have pain around the vulva, which is on, could be anywhere around the pubis the clitoris, the labias, the vestibular bulbs and the openings, the bartholing gland, the skin glands. I mean, there's so many different, but it's that pain, that irritation, um, and that's one, one thing here. Another one is the vaginismus, which is when you have this chronic tension in your pelvic floor muscles that kind of interfere with the penetration. Some women say like even like thinking about penetration, their muscles instantly like come up and are like, I can't have that. Um, and there's another name here too that we're going to throw in there, which is a vestibulodynia or also vulvar vestibulitis. So it's again, an inflammation of the vestibular glands. And it's kind of like, it's more on the outside when you have redness. So kind of if you spread the labia and you see uh, just on below the, the urethral opening and around the labias, I'm kind of like having this visual picture, I'm trying to give it to you, but it often gets bundled into the diagnosis with vulvodynia, right? And so all of these things are, uh, by the way, vestibulodynia is very treatable. Um, And so it's important to have it diagnosed properly because what you're going to do is going to be a little bit different. Now, um, I've had friends who have um, the vestibulitis and inflammation and what she used was... To slow down. She taught her partner how to do uh, internal and external vaginal massage using a lot of lube. She used like warm compresses, did a lot of self-care. Uh, these were things that worked really well for her. Um, and so you got to find there are a lot of different things and avenues you can take. You can go the modern medicine like rot uh, or the other one with like the more alternative approach. You got to do what feels good for you. Um, what we want to tell you first is that you need to seek um, help from a medical professional or, physic- or physical therapist, especially if you're having the vaginismus, which is that really tight muscles. Okay. Which is similar to the guys that have pain with ejaculation. It's about the same thing with their prostatitis and tension in the muscles. It's kind of similar there. And because a lot of the muscles are involuntary, you have to retrain yourself and learn like how you can like have that control and relaxation. Most of the time you have hyper, hypertension in there. And so some of the things that work would be to do like physical therapy, like in the pelvic floor, um, or to do, um, uh, the JDAG practice, which is really awesome. And this is something that I can help you with that I love to do. You could use heat to relax the muscle, whether it's warm compresses or it's a yoni steam uh, that works really well too, just to learn to relax and listen to the body. Uh, some people choose the route of using the dilators, which are, uh, um, in my opinion, it's a little like more invasive, but some have had really good success. Now the what I want to say is there are no shortcuts. It it requires constant attention and doing it regularly. And then you can f- see differences. Now, if you're a couple and you're dealing with this, as a guy, you could learn to slowly massage her labia. We teach that in sexual mastery.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, we do.
1: Taking the time to warm her up, to listen, to see where she's at, or helping her stretch out, you could insert a finger and helping her to like squeeze around your finger and relax so she can feel things too. I mean, or squeezing around your penis if you can go as deep as having penetration. But that's when you really want to focus on all the things we talked about earlier, about creating the connection, having constant state of arousal, not making it just about the penetration, taking away the pressure from the penetration, and going really slow. (laughs) <laughs> really slow, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so ultimately, you have to be honest with your partner when they're in Spain. You have to talk about it and do steps to th- make things differently. Don't stay with any pain because that's not how you're supposed to be.
0: And I think that's one of the big things is because one of the things that we see when we work with people is they're like, well, it's just painful. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they're kind of done. Like, Mm -hmm. well, because it hurts, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And just know, I mean, we've given you a ridiculously long (laughs) list of potential causes for both men and women. And just know that every single one of them is fixable. Mm
1: -hmm. They're fixable. Mm -hmm. So
0: don't wait Communicate with your partner and take action steps to fix it.
1: Absolutely. And if if right now intercourse is too painful, take it off the table. But keep the love alive. Kiss, hug, massage. Lick each his genitalia—like things <laughs> like this—will still help. You want to keep having the sexual energy flowing while you work with somebody else to help you um, eliminate the discomfort.
0: Absolutely, and with that, we are definitely out of time today. (laughs) So we hope that was valuable because we know a lot of people have asked for this and uh, feel free to follow up with any questions you have if we didn't cover some particular aspect. And that is all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week.